0: hello and welcome to your replay for monday march 21st 2022 replay is your weekly show where we break down the latest in gaming news hosted by us the good night Grooves, a place for games in a place for goofs you know we're still workshopping the slogan uh the name is not workshopped it's set in stone and yet for some reason i still can't quite get my head around saying replay and not gg replay after doing 100 episodes of the other one i will say i did it first first stop this this week
1: yeah it's it's set in stone and until we change it again
0: yeah exactly but everyone did have to remind me matt can attest that i was reminded several times not to say GT replay how's it going out there everyone how's it going matt uh how are you doing on this fine we're recording sunday morning having kind of like a daddy bean water slot here in terms of timing
1: (laughs) yeah well i'm doing fantastic we're all peacocks on this blessed weekend because the uh, saint peter's peacocks are in the sweet 16 from 15 seed to Sweet 16, two years in a row now that that has happened. Which is, Paul, I know this means nothing to you, but this is I'm happy, incredible that this has happened two years in a row now because it had never happened. This is, last year was the second time it ever happened, third time now this year. Crazy stuff. NCAA tournament's going great. Uh, <laughs> Mike says in chat, "Fly peacock, yeah, fly. like
0: the other guys, you know. Let let I'm a peacock. I'm a peacock. You gotta let me fly."
1: what's the thing in uh in mighty ducks they do the (laughs) what's the formation they do the flying v or something the peacocks need to do something like that yeah (laughs) anyway it's been fantastic i'm really enjoying the ncaa tournament i haven't been playing any games because of that because i literally just sit in front of my tv watching basketball all day but it's great and it only happens once a year so i'm gonna let that slide
0: we love it we love to hear it i'm very very happy for you Uh, it's always good when uh, your your team b- beats the Super Bowl, right? That's exciting stuff, <laughs> exciting stuff. That was recently, so I'm not too far off. Super Bowl is a thing that happened in the last month or two, so I'm not...
1: I'm, you know, technically, we're not allowed to use the term. We have to call it the big game.
0: The superb
1: owl. Can I say that? Yes, that's yeah, what you were the, saying. You were super. trying to say that. I
0: was trying to say superb owl, and I, and I pronounced it wrong. That's a really funny uh, subreddit, by the way. If you haven't been there, it's a good time. All right. We should probably get into the show because there's a ton of stuff to talk about and awesome some really exciting gaming news we've been waiting for for like a really long time. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure if you've been following anything this week, you have seen what we're talking about, but we won't say right now because if you haven't, it's a it's a fun surprise. But first off, before we get into the meat of the show, we do have to have a little amuse-bouche, and that is true or poo, which (laughs) Matt's doing a crazy face. I don't like saying that the amuse-bouche is poo, so maybe that was a a bad idea. Uh, All right, let us start off here. First off, uh, I'm gonna, By the way, I have to say, three statements, uh, two of them are true, one of them is false, it's it's two truths and a lie, but it is poo-themed, it's actually not, it's video game-themed. Let's get into it. First statement, the PS2 is the best-selling console of all time. Statement number two, the Sega Saturn only sold one million copies in its lifetime, in, in and around, obviously not exactly a million, but that's... Uh, and the GameCube was more powerful than both the original Xbox and the PS2.
1: Hmm. Okay. So a is true. You said it, the GameCube is more powerful than the original Xbox and the PS2.
0: Mm-hmm. Both things in its sixth generation
1: there. Yeah. I, I, you said that and the Sega Saturn is what you said sold around a million units, right? Yep. Now I think that's true. I think that was the case it, either. It was either that or well, the Saturn is the one that came out right after it was the, after the
0: Genesis, after they tried to do the CD Genesis and the 32-bit, Gen- and the, the Saturn's kind of the famous failure because it was door already stops. outdated by the time it came out, right? Exactly, and they charged yeah. way too much money for it. Yeah, so it's famously. I famous think like that one.
1: I think that's the case that it only sold around a million units. So I'm going with, I think C is the poo here. I don't think the original GameCube was more powerful than the Xbox or the PS2.
0: Totally fair. All right. Well, let's get into it. First one is obviously true. PS2 is the highest selling console of all time, but man, that Nintendo Switch is coming up fast. Uh, That was something that I was kind of like, oh, maybe you'd think like, oh, has it been beaten Mm. recently? You know, because it it is, it might happen. It might happen in the Switch's lifetime, which is pretty crazy. It turns out if you just have a uh, low cost console and you just keep it alive way too long you can beat every record ever. (laughs) All right, Uh, and also let's get into the next one here. So Sega Saturn, the Sega Saturn is obviously a famous failure. Uh, It did terrible, nobody bought it. Uh, It's kind of a shame because there were some pretty cool Sonic and other games that were on there that kind of never made it off uh, and people weren't really able to get a hold of them. But alas, uh, the Sega Saturn did actually sell a little bit better than a million. It sold about nine and uh, a quarter million. Wow, minutes. uh and the nintendo that's Game better Cube, than the wii u it was and the nintendo GameCube is was more powerful than both the ps2 and the xbox the internals on that God thing were it. weirdly not it was kind of the last time famously when nintendo not famously famously but where a lot of people say nintendo was the last competing in the graphical space and really pushing hardware so yeah that was that was true or poo
1: <laughs> those mini those mini discs huh they were, they I know, were, right? It, it seems
0: it seems weird cuz it was goofy in the mini discs and everything else, but alas, it it was it was competing on a on a different level. Uh just happened to go stylized with a lot of the graphics didn't go as as uh didn't go as realistic.
1: As Mike is saying here, uh, our producer Mike, he's saying, "Plus the GameCube had a handle, the Xbox and PS2 no handle. So the GameCube it had the handle because it was so powerful, so extreme. Just in case things got out of hand, you needed to be able to to hold it down,
0: you need to be able to get a handle on it, and that's yeah. that's important. Uh, luckily, there was one. It's just like those uh, really great, uh, r- like old school Macs that when Steve Jobs came back and started making all those cool Macs, uh, they all had handles on them because oh, yeah, it's course. very important to, to have a handle on things. All right, let's move on to the gaming. Well, this was gaming, but let's move on to the meme and potatoes of the show and let's get on to the reviews because, Matt, the reviews are in today. They were in. We actually have a bunch of really great games to talk about for the reviews are in, um, although a lot of them are kind of middling, but they're interesting. So I think it's worth talking about. First off, something that I feel like you have wavered back and forth on being interested in or, or not in the last week heavily is Tunic uh it is what you would say is like a zelda like with born elements i think that's really fair to say got an 85 on open critic uh, it's out right now this game this game was weird it, you know we didn't hear anything it, we've heard about it for years we we got like a demo and then we got another demo but like like we didn't have a years. date we didn't have a date we didn't have pricing There was like Microsoft got involved, but we didn't know if it was going to be on Game Pass or what was going to happen. A lot of rumors up until the game released. We didn't know how much it was going to cost. So it's like it was crazy, Uh, but it did come out and they did have a weird Xbox Indie showcase thing where they had to drop like a shadow drop that was going on Game Pass. Okay, Uh, but it's here. It's here now. And man, it looks awesome. I, I think 85 is a great uh, score I think you know we see obviously it's an average we've seen people give it higher and, and lower but I mean I think uh, the people who are into this kind of game generally do give it a higher score than that I think it's uh, partly brought down sometimes from people who just are like this is too much for me people like maybe like you who are like this is way too souls like um, but yeah Matt I mean this is something you were super interested in so why don't you uh, drop us some some thoughts on, on how you're feeling about Tunic and its score
1: yeah I'm still interested in it and after watching the reviews, I would say I'm even more interested in it again. It's just, I didn't like the idea of super challenging Souls-like combat when I started. I didn't realize that that was what the game was actually going to be until like a week ago. And so I was a little little downtrodden about that. But watching the reviews, it doesn't really look that difficult. I think people are conflating the... I think what what Souls-like about it is how if you die, you go back to like checkpoint more so than anything else. I don't think the combat is really anything Souls-like. If anything, it looks just like old-school action-adventure game, like uh, NES, SNES-type type combat. That's really what it looks like. I don't know. I'm super into it. It's sort of like this old-school action-adventure game with puzzle elements from like a Fez or Monument Valley almost, which I thought is such a cool idea to throw that into this old-school action-adventure really cool. kind of game. The art is beautiful. I love the little fox... They do this really cool thing where the menu for the game is like an old school game guide, like the booklet that comes in, you know, that would come in the uh, game case, which yeah. they stopped doing maybe like 20 years ago. <laughs> but the menu is built like that. So it, it gives you enough information to know what you're supposed to be doing, but it's not super detailed. It's It's not like putting markers on the map and stuff like that. But... I love, and I love the art of the menu because yeah. it is mimicking the old booklet. Thing.
0: And you pick up more over time. So like the more you play, you can yeah. like pick up more stuff for that menu and you can kind of like decipher some of the weird text and it, it's super interesting.
1: Yeah, no, the game looks fantastic. 85, I almost want to say feels lower than I was expecting by maybe a few points, but it is a solo developed game. So like, and, and it seems fairly ambitious as a solo developed game, but this is going to be a pretty big success for this one person. So congratulations to them because this is uh this is awesome.
0: Yeah. Mike saying in chat, uh, put it on the fridge. Indie of the year. Uh, we'll have to see, but I'm interested wow. to see. I, I it could be, it could be, I don't, I don't know if anything else I can think of is like on the horizon. That uh, is this,
1: Kind of excited, like this anticipated. So I don't know. We'll have to see. But that's the thing, is because with indie games, I feel like very rarely do they have this super long buildup like this one did. Yeah. Oftentimes they just come out of nowhere and kind of just take the world by storm, and no one really knew that was going to happen. So I think it's a case where like we don't know what's going to happen in the indie space and in the next what month are we in March? In in the next uh, <laughs> nine months. So like. I don't know. Anything could pop up. But yeah, Tunic is, I would say, the front runner at this point.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good point. And also, maybe we're going to get, who knows what will happen. Maybe we'll get Willem Dafoe back, 12-minute sequel called 13 <laughs> oh, Minutes. Oh, no. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that'll be, Matt, Mike can get really excited about that. Uh, all right. All right. Let us also talk about... Actually, you know, before we move on from Tunic, I just want to say really quick, yeah, this looks really awesome. I definitely want to play it. Uh, I got it on Game Pass, obviously, free download, so I'm really psyched to get into it. But yeah, it looks a little bit more intense than I think people were initially thinking in some ways. But yeah, I'm hyped. And I will say, when you look at something like... Um, who, who made Aztec again? Uh, Le- Lienzo. Lienzo. When you look at a, a developer like Lienzo, this is their second game with Aztec, right? And they're just not seeming to catch on and hit things there it's kind of buggy obviously this is like apples to oranges but i'm just saying like look at tunic one person developed this uh and caught on and like look how amazing this game is being reviewed Look how much money it's making i mean i assume they mean they made money off of game pass that that deal and everything but yeah it's just kind of like what are you doing like it's possible it happens
1: one thing i want to mention about the game pass thing that sort of bugged me because like a couple of weeks ago they said this is not an xbox xbox game Pass game, and then they have that indie xbox showcase the day that the game releases and then they drop it on game pass like a shadow drop or whatever it's it was like the worst kept secret in video games.
0: was that a rumor that it was on not on game pass or did they no the developers said to, okay
1: couple weeks ago on Twitter, they're like, or, or the publisher, sorry. Yeah. Uh, said a couple of weeks ago, this is not an Xbox game pass game. And so that's why we didn't know the price of the game until the game came out. You couldn't pre-order the game because they were like, well, we can't let people pre-order because it's going to be a game pass game. But at the yeah. same time, we're saying it's not a game pass game. So that situation could have been handled a little bit better because you were just confusing the audiences. They were left in the dark about that, but I'm glad it is on game pass at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's weird. Usually you have a lot of coming soon, a lot of knowledge. I wonder what the backroom stuff was with that. Yeah, like, no. I'm assuming it was some weird publisher stuff uh, like going on with like there's a solo developer. they got like a strange publisher getting involved and then Microsoft. There's a lot of middleman nonsense, maybe. I don't know. That's that was an interesting. I've never seen that for Xbox to have like this weird. We don't even know what's going on here. All right, let's move on and talk about shredders—not uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but uh, a snowboarding game. It's got a seventy on Open Critic. It's out right now. Uh, this looks just fine. Just, just a seventy. <laughs> um, I, I, I'll just, you know, Matt, I'll let you go off a little bit, but I'll just say right now. Um, Steep uh, is pretty good. Steep's out. Steep exists. Uh, it's pretty cheap now, too. Also, Riders Republic. Uh, very much more varied. A lot more options there. That exists. That's out. Uh, usually on some pretty good sales as well. Also, if you're looking for a Game Pass game like Shredders that lets you snowboard, also Steep is on Game Pass. It's just it's one of those games. It's like those JRPGs that get lower than 80. And it's like, there's so many other options. And it's not even like there are so many other options, but it's just like, unless you've exhausted those games, having trouble imagining why you'd be like dying to play shredders. But with that being said, Matt, what do you think about shredders? That's kind of my main point.
1: If if a developer is like super into snowboarding and that's the game they want to make, I can't fault them for doing that, but yeah, it, it looks like a janky version of skate for snowboarding, not that skate hasn't been janky in its own right, but it looks cool visually, actually. Like, Mm -hmm. the the way that, with the physics of the snow and how it becomes all powdery when you're going through it and the trails that it creates, like, that's cool, but I know the reviews are not big on the controls, which for a game like this, that's kind of just a fatal flaw. If you don't have the controls down for a extreme sports simulation type game, then it's just not going to work fundamentally. So I think that's kind of the downfall of this one. But I'm always going to be open to more extreme sports games. I don't play them as much anymore. But if there's a really good one, that's something that I would be interested in, especially if it's something that comes to like a Game Pass. I don't know if I'm going to drop like a full price box cost on on it right off the bat. Uh, But if it's on Game Pass or on like a super big sale, I'm always going to be interested in those kind of games.
0: Yeah, these games usually go on sale pretty quickly too. Like I mean, even yeah. really good ones like SSX like the last SSX, which I really love, that I got on sale pretty cheap after it came out, uh steep went on sale like within a year it was like 15 bucks or something like it's it's nuts it's nuts how how quickly these games go on sale probably because it's i think it's just hard to like hit a really amazing one uh that 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 goes beyond just people who love snowboarding or snowboarding games so uh i'm still looking for that perfect snowboarding game that feels like ssx it feels as arcadey as that i think riders republic might be the closest thing i'm going to get to that so maybe i'll have to drop some cash on that at some point but I just, uh, I really liked that Xbox 360 generation SSX game. I still play it all the time. It's a good time. Uh, but yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's Shredders for you. Moving on to something I think quite interesting. Anno Mutation M. <laughs> it's an adventure game. Got a 73 on Open Critic. It's out right now as well. This game looks bonkers uh like the graphics on this game the art style on this game it's awesome so cool uh, i can't it's nuts it's like a 2.5d but it's almost like 2d with i guess that's what 2.5d is but it's like it's it's almost like it's just a regular 2d visual but then it's got like depth in it but it, but the depth isn't like 3d it's still 2d sprites just like deep i don't know it's so cool um i don't still have a hundred percent a handle on what you do but it sounds like you can do a bunch of different stuff you can go like be a bartender and go do other random things It seems i'm getting like almost like weird 2d yakuza vibes or something like Mm. in a cyberpunk world uh i don't know but i like it and i'm interested and i didn't think when i saw this name that it would be something i'd be interested in or like that it's like a you know a jrpg looking kind of game but i I might buy this at some point.
1: Yeah, I like what you said. Yeah, it's, it's the, the 2.5 D you got the pixel art sprites. You've got the 3d environments. It works really well in my mind when I picture like these 2d sprites in some sort of 3d environment, I don't, I feel like it's going to look weird. They're going to, the, the, the distance between the characters isn't going to work for me, but it does in this game. It really looks good. I'm actually pretty into this game. I can't lie. It feels like it would be a great Switch game. Unfortunately, it's only on PlayStation and PC at least for now. Who knows if they're gonna port stuff later on? But it looks like it would be great on Switch. Uh, but it looks there's like a coziness to the game. Yeah. Uh, the the platforming looks good enough. The combat looks good enough. It just kind of looks like almost like this old school adventure game mixed with like this new school art. And the cyberpunk world, everything about it just looks really cool. I don't know if the story's any good. I don't know if, like, the, I know the, the combat seems pretty simplistic. The platforming seems pretty simplistic. But, I don't know, it looks fun. Like, even if everything about the game isn't great, aside from the art, I feel like I would at least just enjoy being in there for, like, two hours and just looking at the art and seeing different areas in the game and different characters in the game.
0: Yeah, it feels like a like you said cozy. It feels like a cozy cyber noir kind of mm. setting or something. I don't know, yeah. but it does, and it's 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 nice, and I really like it. Uh, I definitely am interested. I I I, <clears throat> I what I do want to say about the switch thing. Uh, I think you're totally right. As someone who just finally got onto playing some Switch games and getting a Switch, uh, this does feel like a really great Switch game. Like Mike said in chat, he gets kind of like Disco Elysium vibes. I I think I also do as well, and that's another thing I think that kind of works well in Switch or will, I think, when I get into it. But I think, yeah, when you have like a really text-heavy thing like that, it's kind of nice just to kind of pick it up on the couch or something or play it for a little bit as opposed to like trying to sit at a desk and like read all that text for hours and hours. So I think that's kind of cool. Unfortunately, it's not... I'll say this episode to me feels like the should have been on switch episode tunic I think also is like a perfect switch game it's a Zelda like it's like one of those old school Nintendo hard uh, kind of adventure games and I think it's a real shame that that's also not a switch game and it's on pretty much everything else it's on last and current gen uh, PlayStation Xbox and PC and the fact that it's not on switch uh, obviously well I I don't say obviously I I wish it were on switch as well but say levy
1: I wish it were on PlayStation. I was going to say, sort It I, been a I, cool trophy. I,
0: I forgot it's not on PlayStation. It's the Microsoft thing, right? So it's on current yeah. and last-gen Xbox and, and PC. I said PlayStation, but I was like, that doesn't sound right. Uh, so, yeah, kind of a disappointment on that. I guess, obviously, when Microsoft is footing the big bucks, then that's what you get. I haven't checked, but I assume it pro- might have x Cloud. I think it does have x. It's on x Cloud. So I guess if you really want to, you could stream this on your phone or something and that's oh. kind of like playing it on switch but i'm not really much of an xcloud guy I, I found it's not quite there for me yet moving on we gotta move through these reviews let's uh, talk about one that'll be an easy quick chat monster energy supercross five They're, they've made five of these it is a supercross motocross game we got a 74 and open critic it's out now it's fine it looks good I, i'm surprised that the graphics look like as clean as they do um but that being said i mean it's just it's a monster energy tie-in it's fun I'm sure
1: <laughs> yeah I think well yeah they need to, to make this kind of game they need that sponsorship money I'm sure I'm not gonna play this game but I will say that motorbikes motorcycles that sort of thing usually one of my favorite vehicles to to drive yeah. in a game I don't know if I want to just play a game that's only that but uh like if you're if this is something you're into it looks like it's Apparently, it's much better than the previous game. So I'll say that.
0: That's cool. I I do sometimes like these arcade motocross games. I, I don't play them forever, but if they're, like, free on arcade or it's, like, a free game of the week or whatever, I have been known to play these games. But, yeah, it's not something I put many hours into. It's more like something me and my buddy used to play, like, Sports games and just sit around and, like, pass the controller back and forth. That might be that kind of thing, but not yeah. something I would sit on my own and just, like, dive into. Uh, all right. And moving on, final game of the day, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. <gasps> That's a mouthful. Uh, that is a, as Matt says, a soul's light. Uh, this got a 73 on Open Critic. It is out right now. This looks interesting to me am i crazy i don't really like final fantasy but this like action combat uh the graphics look clean i don't know the like i guess i just don't really care about the story too much because this stuff just doesn't interest me but i i the the goofiness of like the main character from what i've seen like kind of being like this like, 80s action hero or something yeah or sounds kind of funny i don't know it's probably not something i'm gonna pick up but like if more final fantasy games were like this i might be, I might start getting interested in, in it more, I guess.
1: No, I don't think you're crazy. A, a lot of people, it's, it's essentially Neo with a Final Fantasy skin. And a lot yeah. of people really like the way Neo plays. It's difficult, but also satisfying a lot of RPG stuff with customizing your character and getting new items and stuff like that. So that's essentially what it is. I've always been into like the aesthetics of Final Fantasy. The game, Some of the games that I've played, I haven't loved. Some of the games that I've played, I did really like. So... Final Fantasy is hit and miss for me, but I've always really liked the aesthetics of it. So if you just kind of take the aesthetics of Final Fantasy and put them on other games as like a skin, I think that could be a cool thing. If we do some more of that moving forward, I I could be down for that.
0: Yeah, I think it's a neat IP. Why not? kind of branch out and I think they have over over time they branched out to a lot of different things and they've tried different things with Final Fantasy so that's cool but a little less like throwback little sprites and more weird action adventure let's get into that I'm I'm, I'm in I'm, I'm interested
1: except chocobo gp i don't need a final fantasy card racer you know yeah
0: also it sounds like a microtransaction disaster i think we didn't really talk about that enough last week when we talked about it because we just i didn't really get a handle on that but oh my god like from what i saw like you buy the game full box price then like a full page ad comes up before you can even like get into the game (laughs) and it's it's pretty brutal i saw a lot of reports i saw like blog posts getting shared that were like if you have kids don't buy this game because they can easily just like spend all of the money like it's so (laughs) they make it really easy they like kind of tell you you have to. Um, so yeah, brutal, brutal stuff. I will stick to my Hawk Striders uh as a blood elf. That's there what I'll go. stick to. That's my chocobo. All right. Let's move on to some news because we have some mega news. And boy oh boy, it is exciting. First off of the day, 14 minutes, 14 whole moon minute, minutes of gameplay <laughs> for Hog Moon uh, for Hogwarts Legacy has shown, was shown off during a state of play dedicated to the title earlier this week. I swear I was there. I was there and I watched it. It sounds like I'm like Hogwarts. What is a Hogwarts? The game was given a release date finally. Well, sort of a release window, which is holiday 2022, which is pretty good. I think there were a lot of people who were kind of hoping for like a September, uh, a September thing, maybe like closer to the start of the school year for Harry Potter or just there was kind of some rumors about that. Um, But there were some rumors ahead of time that things were getting pushed to December. So that makes sense. Let's just go through some of the features. Uh, maybe You know, I don't know. Matt, would you want to go through the features and just kind of like talk about what you think of that feature? Or do you want to just like as a whole be like, this is so Yeah, cool. let's do that.
1: Let's go through yeah. one by one. So
0: first thing, a large open world. You have Hogwarts, which we all assumed would be in it from the name Hogwarts Legacy. But Hogsmeade Village, we have the Forbidden Forest. Uh, you can, I, I know it's not what you're writing here, but like you can f- like fly around on a broom between these areas. It's open uh matt scope what do you think of this game
1: like so these are the three specific areas that they've mentioned so far and that we have seen i feel like there could be more who knows from what we've seen in the gameplay the areas look massive so i'm calling it a large open world i don't actually know how big it is we won't know the scope of it really until we actually get in it but it looks big i almost want to say like it could be like the perfect size that's kind of a weird thing to say, but like a Harry Potter open world doesn't need to be massive, but it needs to be big enough to feel this like grand scale of it, but it doesn't need to be like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. (laughs) Like that would be ridiculous.
0: I think it's more about the detail in the spaces, right? Right, So if we have all of Hogwarts, like, yeah, like Mike says, give me the entire British Isles. It's like, as a joke, but like, yeah, I think that's like a way you could go with it. That would be terrible or you could go with like all of the area surrounding, but I think it's like good to do all of the area surrounding Hogwarts, but like kind of like not necessarily like real, you know, scale, but like kind of to like a one-to-one scale where you walk the castle and it's enormous and there's rooms everywhere and there's all this stuff. And, and then, yeah, you have a forest, you have a Hogsmeade, but like, yeah, it's awesome. I, I thought honestly they'd just go full castle and make that the key. And, and, and you could make that as big as you want because, I mean, it's Hogwarts is really kind of has it all scale, but wow, wow, it's so cool. The fact that they give you a broom to fly around really makes me think that there's going to be a lot of space there that's used properly and and that's true so uh i don't think they give you that if it wasn't going to be large
1: so and i didn't i didn't put this in the notes but in regards to the open world too and it makes sense like it's a school year so they have like the different seasons but they showed that off and like that looks really like it's the same area four different seasons like i love that so much i feel like that's something that they didn't have to get super detailed about but it looks like they did you know, during the winter, I hope that there's like Christmas stuff around. I hope that they're, they got like Halloween stuff going on in the fall Definitely. because they, they have that in the movies. Right. And that's, a, that's a part of the books. So I do hope that they have some holiday stuff going on, but yeah, I love the different changing of the seasons. That's, that's really exciting to me.
0: Huge. I totally agree. I mean, I, yeah, it's a big thing for you in general It's like weather in games, right? And seasons. So, but I mean, for me too, I think, I think that's awesome. And yeah, they have that in the movies, uh, famously in like the prisoner of Azkaban, they have all those great, uh, what's his name? Who's the, who's the, the director who's like, uh,
1: oh, Chris Columbus.
0: No, 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 no. Um, oh, Alfonso Cuarón. Alfonso Cuarón, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, he had that whole thing where like he would have those like cool transitions where it would, like go to the Whomping willow and then it would sneeze off all the leaves and then it was winter and all that stuff. Oh I love, yeah, yeah. I, I love that stuff. It always made me think of like how the seasons change and, and everything. So yeah, that that was cool. I'm excited to see some season stuff. Uh, fluid action combat. Uh, when I first saw the combat, my first thought was this is too simple, and I'm not sure how I feel about spells being used like in a ma- like in a way where it feels like not like Harry Potter magic, but more like, I don't know. We I just don't want it to feel like Star Wars, uh, mm. but I think they nailed it. Um, by the yeah. end of it, I loved the, even if it's like just the same main thing, the the swishes and the flicks and the way the hands moved. Oh, and the, the way animations the pop- are amazing. The animations are nuts. The way they move is incredible to me. It just feels really satisfying to watch. Uh, and the main thing they kept showing of like pulling, you know, doing like Accio, pulling them towards you, and then like stunning them, and and like thwam, boom, 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 boom. You can like light them on fire, uh, and then also of course like that reveal, which we'll get into a little bit more uh, in a few minutes when we talk about morality. But that reveal that you can use the killing curse uh, is crazy.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really cool too. During combat, you would see. Um, I think it was R1 would pop up on on various items, sort of like Control or like Spider-Man where there are going to be objects in the world that you can interact with during combat. I don't know if that means like you can flick your wand at it and it'll you know, levitate it if it's like Wingardium Leviosa or whatever and then you can smack an enemy with it. I think that's maybe what they're going for. Yeah, the combat, the animations are so fluid. They look so good. The combat is... I do want to see a little bit more like I want a specific video about the combat that kind of really yeah. goes in detail about it but it does look that you're right that's something I was worried about but it looks it looks like they're going to nail it
0: I like in general and you see this in the whole game but I think this works too in combat is there's a lot of walking and less like running and I think that makes sense for Harry mm-hmm. Potter combat and movement yeah. in general you're walking around Hogwarts you're not like sprinting around and I think uh, I also think that makes a ton of sense when you see combat you know it's pretty hard to like run and like cast spells and you see that in the movies and I feel like it, uh, that was always a weak point to me because it felt a little cheesy that they would be able to like concentrate that much and I th- I like in the game they're like kind of sidestepping around and casting and they seem really controlled in their movement and yeah you have a pretty goofy like roll mechanic which looks kind of funny when they're just like sidestepping and walking around and then they do a dark souls roll but i will say um that does at least give me like this fun idea that there is going to be kind of that dodge mechanic and you might get some cool boss battles like that and uh maybe fight some like big monsters a la dark souls that's fine everything can ape dark souls it's cool i think it's fun yeah, it, it looks nuts. We have to move on. But man, that that, that combat looks co- way cooler than I
1: thought. One thing I want to mention uh, that Mike said, he said with combat, they said there are going to be multiple difficulty levels to offer uh, the challenges you want. He says, hopefully that means more interaction and not bullet sponges. The one thing I want to say, I actually feel like this is the one kind of game where bullet sponginess would be acceptable to me and actually sort of makes sense in world because it's not like in in Far Cry 6 when I'm shooting enemies with a gun in the face it's like why why does it take 7 of these bullets to kill you but yeah. in Harry Potter like we're flinging spells at each other so i feel like you know wizards are going to be a little bit more resilient against spells and they'll have their own means of deflecting them and stuff so i actually wouldn't bullet sponginess would actually not be the end of the world yeah. for me in this one although i do hope that they're a little bit more smart about how they do it
0: and it shows they have like a shield spell too that you can use that like kind of shields you a bit. I think they already showed something like that. So there's clearly like a, a thought process behind like dodging and avoiding spells or like being able to tank spells. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Mike mentions the parry slick. Yeah, the parry move looked so cool where you could like shoot spells away. It's, the combat is way beyond what I thought it was going to be and actually is one of yeah. the enticing factors for me in this. Um, like even if the rest of the game wasn't there and it was just like a Harry Potter magic combat game, I might even still be into it because it looks really that good <laughs> to me. Um simple I won't, I won't say it's not simple but it looks good uh okay let's move on customization character customization is nuts uh it looks just like normal but good like i mean way more than we thought um including even you know transgender non-binary stuff which is cool and also They give you your own cottage. They went in the video, they show you that you can use the room of acquirement to like as a crafting area. And I thought, oh, it's like going to be like your home base, your hideout, right? But not just that, they also give you your own cottage as a hideout. There's so much personal stuff in this game.
1: Yeah, this is so unnecessary. (laughs) Like when I saw that in the video, I was like, what? They don't have... This is something that they really didn't have to do. Like no one is thinking... I'm playing a Harry Potter game. I want to have per, like player housing, like a personal cottage that I can Cause decorate. You, Cause you don't in Harry <laughs> Potter, like as a exactly. student,
0: you don't have your own cottage. So I was like, Oh, room of requirements, kind of like your hideout. I get that. That's cool. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, no, but you also live off, you like live off campus or like what? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, that's so cool. I love that so much. I, that that's the sort of thing that I personally am not going to put a ton of time into unless you have to. But I love that the option is there because for so many people, who are just into Harry Potter, they want to just live in that world more and to give players an actual space to live in that world is awesome. I love that.
0: Yeah. I like Mike says in the chat, uh, we should hit Mike on, but I like how he says in the chat, uh, he's like, Hey, you know, it'd be cool. Let's put a cottage in. And they just did. And it's like, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Like, let's just, let's just do stuff. that's fun. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's just, it has to be fun. Right. And uh, that, that works. Uh, there's a full talent system and skill point trees, which is so cool. Uh, the RPG elements of like how you can customize your character, uh, look pretty deep for again a game that i thought might just be an mtx cash grab this is super surprising to me
1: this is way more rpg than i was thinking i thought it would be maybe like an action game with rpg elements a little bit but yeah this is actually shaping up to be like, this is, this is an RPG. That's what this game is.
0: Full on. Full on. Yeah. Absolutely. And, like, speaking of RPG, they have one of my favorite things that, you know, we've kind of seen fall off the uh, fall the wayside a little bit recently in games, which is a morality system. It's hard to get it right, but I think this game, with the framework they have with, like, good and evil wizards and stuff, you know, light side, dark side of the forest kind of vibe, I think this could be cool. I think they could do a good job with this. Uh, and I really liked the way they showed it off, which is like showing, you know, oh, you could like even do things that you weren't expecting to do. And then they show the kids, say, like Avada Kedavra and freaking kill someone. And it's like, oh, oh, okay. Like they didn't like go into a big deep thing about morality, but they're just like, yeah, you can do bad shit and go down the wrong path, uh, which is cool. I don't want to know too much about that. I think it's so cool that that's just like a thing that you can do.
1: Yeah, this is the one thing I'm a little skeptical about. I don't know if it's like this built-in morality system that's going to change the story or if it's just like if you want to use these unforgivable curses then you can but I don't know if there's going to be like repercussions to that that's the one thing I'm a little bit skeptical on although they they said they weren't really going to talk about it maybe there's going to be a a video later on that explains it but yeah I don't know I don't know how in-depth that's actually going to be
0: yeah, I, I think yeah, Mike makes a good point that it might be like specific choices in a story. Like, you know, you'll have a moment where you could kill someone rather than spare them, not that you're going to be like going around evada cadavering all the 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 enemies that makes Although, sense. I mean, you are killing people like you're like lighting them on fire and like shooting them off a cliff and all it's this it's like crazy Spider-Man, stuff. right? So, yeah, it's like although in Spider-Man they were very careful with PS4 Spider-Man to show how they he were. always like like, you know, webs people out. or they try to show that like he's saving them before they like fall off a building. Um, but yeah, in this one for sure you are probably killing people um but yeah there's a difference between incidentally killing someone and like feeling the hatred in your heart to like cast Vada kadabra or whatever so uh, which is <laughs> yeah. like apparently people were like it's not just like you don't just like fire a bullet right you have to like feel that like evil in you to like be able to cast it at all so uh i think that's cool i i think it would be neat if it were choices in story but i also think it'd be neat if the story kind of continues the same way more or less but just people react to you in a really bad way Uh, Like people just have a there's just like a darkness about you that could be kind of good But yeah, I think there's something
1: to that before I forget Paul Let me just ask you because this might be different from like you personally Which house would you want to play as for your character? Well, I mean me personally I'm
0: a Hufflepuff and I would be playing in Hufflepuff house partly partly because this is uh, that's another thing that's worth mentioning and I don't know if you brought this up strategically but this is the first time we've ever seen the Hufflepuff common room yeah uh, yeah, yeah we've never seen that in movies it wasn't really even described in the books we don't really know a lot about it and it hasn't been designed uh, so they had the opportunity in this game to design it and it looks so cool and unique and interesting uh, and really really fits in with Hufflepuff and yeah I, I think that's probably what I'd play because it's it's my jam it's it's who I am.
1: I know people made a big deal about the uh the Ravenclaw common room having bronze too.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh what would you be playing as?
1: I don't know. I, I so whatever. You have a three-way I, way tie on. I on have your... a three-way tie. It's it's Gryffindor, Slytherin and uh I think Ravenclaw is Ravenclaw, the, the yeah. other one. I have always identified mostly as like the Slytherin, so I'll probably do that. But uh I don't know. But maybe if they have like a sorting thing in game, maybe I'll just go with instead of like trying to cheese it cause I'm sure there'll be guides for it. Uh, maybe I'll just go with whatever they give me and and see how that goes.
0: Yeah, totally fair. Uh, moving on flying on broomsticks. Hell yeah. We love it. We talked about it a little bit already. So Nothing too crazy to go on, but it does look fun. I will say one thing missing, obviously, is Quidditch. We didn't see any Quidditch. I'm assuming because it's just maybe beyond scope. They put a lot of stuff in this game. Uh, and also, as I saw some people say, Quidditch is kind of like a, f- a fucked up game. I know there's like weird Quidditch leagues of like kids in college, like holding brooms between their legs and running around. Like I know that there is a, people can make this a sport, but I do think like the snitch and some of the rules are a little wild. So maybe they're just like, this is, we can't make this playable in a way that feels fair. So we're just going to like, call it for now and we'll maybe we'll come back to it i think that'd be cool to maybe see in a dlc or something down the line um as something that they may want to add in as like a cool expansion maybe adventures in quidditch and they add like this whole system to the game or something that would be cool um, but yeah take your time with it I, I i'm not feeling like put out because there's no quidditch um, but the broom stuff looks cool i'm glad you can fly around on a broom it's nice to have that movement uh, it would feel kind of sucky to not be able to have that especially when it looks like you're walking around a lot in the game. And maybe that's just for showing it off. Um, But I do think it's neat to be able to get on a broom because it's a big part of Harry Potter.
1: Yeah. The problem with a fantasy sport like Quidditch is that the rules just don't make sense to actually work as a sport. They made sense (laughs) to
0: make Harry look cool. They're like, Oh, one thing. it's like, Oh, his thing is to win the game by getting the one thing. And he's like, (laughs) he's the chosen one. It's like, okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I think you're right. I think there's, it's just out of the scope for this game, although it seems like they put everything in this game. But I think Quidditch is just one of those things where it's like we can't find a way to make it fun or make it work correctly. So we're not going to put it in. Maybe save it for the sequel. Who knows? But as far as flying around in broomsticks, I'm a little bit skeptical about this as well. I don't know if it's going to be certain sections of the game where you can do it or if it's like for races or like time trials. Type of stuff. I don't know if it's going to be fully usable in like the open world areas, but even if, if this game didn't have broomsticks at all, it wouldn't bother me. Cause that, to me, yeah. that's like, that's a part of Harry Potter, but the game doesn't need it. Uh, but if, if it is, if it does have it and it is just free in the open world area, that's, I'm cool with that too.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think uh, the, the stuff we saw looked kind of aimless. So I almost want to say that it is like Mike saying in the blog post, they showed it more looking like a regular mount. Uh, oh, it does okay. look at like that way. So as long as I think there's like a good mounting animation and it makes sense, like maybe you like call for it and it flies to you. And oh, like, you I'm know, sure. Yeah. That would be cool. Uh, I don't want it to like just pop out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, it does look kind of like something you just use to kind of get around instead of maybe fast traveling or something. So looks cool. I'm into it. Let's move on. Crafting. Uh, Crafting looks nuts. The remove requirement lets you kind of craft whatever you want, and gives you your craft. It gives you like a hideout for building stuff. That's super awesome. Uh, There's potions and everything else this is sick this is so cool um it almost makes me wonder I, I it almost this isn't probably crafting but i'm like i wonder how much choice you have in like your wand and like how how that maybe has different like attributes to towards a certain play style or something or maybe you can view your wand with like different things to make it more like give you like pluses and minuses to certain oh, things yeah. i don't know but i'm just so excited for the different kinds of crafting in this game i didn't expect there to be any <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's cool that they have it. I'm a little bit worried about the mini gaming of it because there was like dur- during the gameplay video, they had like press X to pour like the ingredient or whatever. It's like, I don't need it to get this uh, microscopic about what we're doing here. I don't need to micromanage every little bit of the crafting. I'm a little worried about that. I hope it doesn't get tedious and annoying. Yeah. But but the fact that there is crafting in the game is cool and totally unexpected.
0: Totally agree. Uh, moving on also, you can raise animals and tame beasts. Uh, I don't remember seeing a ton of this stuff in the video. Is this a thing that was this look, I mean, this is super cool to me. I would love to have like familiars or something. Can you have like beasts that help you out or involved?
1: I think the beast stuff was in the FAQ. I don't think they necessarily showed it in the gameplay video. Okay. Mike says
0: yes, that you can do that. So that's so cool. Okay. So yeah. Oh, okay. And that's in the cottage area. In the cottage area. Okay. That's super cool. I would love to do that. Um, they do show you like riding around on like, uh, what looks to be like a Griffin or something, Mm -hmm. uh, which is so cool. So like, I'm, I'm assuming like maybe you also can get that in addition to like the broom mount and maybe have like an animal to ride around as like an additional mount. I don't know the idea that there's like more mounts involved, or maybe you could, Uh, ride a Thestral or something is super cool and they showed like baby Thestrals which are so cute I do remember that part Uh, and yeah Mike mentions the cottage area is supposed to be like kind of fantastic beasts I get that that makes sense and I will say they showed a Niffler which is absolutely my favorite fantastic beast it's one of my favorite things in the world I just really like Nifflers a lot and the Niffler they showed was like multicolored, which I've never I I think it's like a new thing they made up because I think all the Nifflers are normally Uh like brownish or something. So I'm really, really excited for Niffler variation. If I can like breed and create like an army of Nifflers, that would be, uh, I will, I will steal a King's ransom in, in shiny objects. So I'm excited for
1: that. Yeah. I didn't really need all the mythical beast stuff, but I understand that why they're putting it in the game because I'm sure WB is like, listen, that's our movie franchise at the moment is all about the fantastic beast. So you have to put that element into the game.
0: But I mean, WB gave up on Fantastic Beasts. Like, they're like, well, we like Eddie Redmayne and the other guys. We'll keep (laughs) them. We'll keep them. But like, the second one was Grindelwald. We barely had the animals. And the third one's about Dumbledore because yeah, (laughs) it's like this one's actually just about Dumbledore being cool. And we got Jude Law. But Eddie Redmayne's still in it. Don't worry, this is still a trilogy sort of. (laughs) And and uh, we're gonna
1: we're gonna have Nifflers. Like they're they're cool, right? (laughs) They still they
0: show a Niffler in the trailer. Like okay, we still have a Niffler. But that's about it. Like the Fantastic of Beasts part of it is pretty. Uh, pretty out there, so uh, out of the out of the game here. But we got to move. God, we got to move on. We've been talking about this forever, but it's so so interesting. All right, uh, following a state of play, community manager Chandler Wood uh, took to Twitter to assure everyone the game will contain no microtransactions. This is huge because in the crafting we saw some long wait times. A lot of people were thinking, you know, microtransactions. Are we going to see that? Uh, they said no. I would like to imagine there aren't. That's great. That that's a really firm thing to say. I'm I'm happy about it. Um we'll have to see, but um I don't mind waiting around a little bit or if there's like in-game currencies or things you can maybe pay to speed things up, that's fine. Whatever works um but I'm happy to see no microtransactions.
1: Yeah, I I don't really care about the timer things personally as long as yeah. they they have a bunch of other stuff that's that's interesting where you can go and do other stuff while you wait or you know, as long as it's not super important, like you need it right now, if I can set some crafting thing to to start up and then I go play other parts of the game or, or maybe I set up some crafting stuff and then I have to do another quest and then that'll make the timer go all the way down because it's like a transitioning to the next day or something like that, like a persona style type thing could, could be. Matt, that's what I wanted to talk about next is the last thing I want to talk about is God,
0: oh man, do I wish this was like bully or persona or something where you have a day, you play day by day and you have to fill your day and do everything you can. And then the next day starts. We've never had, because of the constraint of a book or a movie, especially in the movies too, you, you, barely, you have like a few choice moments. You don't get day by day at Hogwarts. And I think that's like the thing that we all love. And that's like some of my favorite parts of the books are when they're just like going to classes and living their life and just being less so the chosen one stuff. And so this is like exactly, and I think a lot of people feel that way, um, exactly what I want. Uh, so if this can be that kind of thing, Seasons, day and night, like Mike is saying, I I think that that will fulfill everything for me in this game. Like if it's that, I might get way, way, way too into this game because I love those like high school life sims. I like I, that's what I like the most about Persona, uh and that will be massive. So if it's that, whew, I'm excited. Come on, come on, team, let's do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's gonna be like that or if, or if it's gonna be like the time passes. Just you know, when you complete a quest in the story, then it says you're on this month or this season or whatever I don't know I think either way I'm not going to care if it's day-to-day or if it's just freely playing and time goes as you complete main story stuff I think it works either way I do feel like there's if, if it's a day-by-day sort of thing I, I do feel like for a large open world that can feel maybe a little bit constraining and there could be some sort of gating that happens as far as going to different areas and and it could be more annoying if it's based on time rather than completing certain things i don't really care either way i i don't i don't imagine it's gonna play like that mike says he thinks it legit will be uh like the persona style i don't personally think so but i could see it going either way here's the thing they showed so much in this gameplay. This game is so much bigger than we were imagining it that we ever thought it was going to be. I think what we need is another video explaining <laughs> all yeah. these other things that we now have questions for. I didn't think that I was going to come out of this with so many questions, but they showed us so much. It's like, wait a minute, you're doing that? Okay, well, now I need to I need to hear more about it because there's so much going on. I, I really wonder how deep all of these different systems can be. So I don't know. We just need to learn more about this game. I, I just need to hear more.
0: I'm so excited. This is this is going to be nuts. Uh, and yeah, we have to move on. We want to talk about more. I just want to say one tiny last thing, which is that Mike just mentioned Transfiguration. Oh, man, if Transfiguration is in this game, as a fan of shape-shifting in every fantasy genre, oh, that would be huge for me. Really exciting stuff. So let's hope. Let's hope.
1: My final note, I don't I I don't know if I believe this game is still coming in 2022. It's so big. I won't be yeah. shocked if it's pushed to 2023. But they showed a they showed a lot off. Like it looked they like did. it exists, like a lot
0: of it's built. It's just about getting it fleshed out. Um but yeah, as I said before, take as much time as you need. If it needs to now we have this vision, this hype of what it's supposed to be because now we know what they're promising. Uh take as long as you want to make this promised game because I want it and I don't want it bad. <laughs> uh so yeah like mike said make it perfect right i don't care if it's delayed delay it that's fine all right let us move on let's just blow through these stories we have so much to talk about up to half of the core development for perfect dark has exited the project in the last year according to insiders who spoke with video games chronicle as much as half of the core development team known to be working on the upcoming Perfect Dark Reboot quit the company during the last year, or around 36 people, analysis of employee LinkedIn profiles has revealed. That includes most of the initiative's senior design team, including game director Dan Newberger, design director Drew Murray, lead level designer Chris O'Neill, principal world builder Joel, uh, Joelin, uh, sorry, Joel Yon Myers, two senior system designers, a group of three former God of War designers, and more. And the turnover of top talent doesn't end in design. Perfect Tark's two most senior writers have also recently quit analysis shows. This is brutal. Along with the project's technical director, tech art director, lead uh, gameplay engineer, lead animator, QA lead, and more. According to LinkedIn, the initiative is now less than 50 people uh, and currently has just three roles advertised on its website analysis suggests it hired around 12 people in the past 12 months that's that's terrible crystal dynamics joined the project as a development partner last September and the belief is that they're now leading the perfect dark project additional rumors claim that developer certain affinity has previously worked on the project as a studio support or support studio before crystal dynamics got involved uh we talked last week a little bit about Uh, people leaving uh and we've talked about it a little bit over time but holy shit i mean basically the initiative is the initiative is fully destroyed right i mean like essentially i feel like they're in massive rebuild mode right i mean at this point they're like okay we need full new talent we need an entire we need to rebuild the studio or figure out what we're going to do microsoft's maybe thinking we maybe we'll disperse these people to different place like i don't know right because it feels like it's a tough game right because the initiative, the idea behind it, right, was like to take all these different, like the top talent from all these different companies and like bring it together in this this new company. Um, but the problem is you're taking all top talent and like not a lot of fodder and all of this. And what we've talked about before, there's way too many jobs and not enough game designers and game developers. That they're gonna get poached, you poached them. Are you telling me these people, you, you know, you think these people are gonna be loyal when the good deals come up, especially when you have a game in development hell and people are already jumping ship? this is maybe not the best move here <laughs> to have like a hundred visionaries.
1: <laughs> I think this is why we've seen them acquire more studios because it's hard to make your own studios. It's hard to start from scratch. You have to hire so many people. You have to hire leadership. Then you have to have the leadership, hire people that who are going to be working underneath them. Like there's, it's so difficult. And that's also why you see with PlayStation, their strategy is just expanding the studios that already exist. They already have their culture, they already have their workflow, so they just expand it out and build a new team onto that studio that already exists. It's it's so difficult. And this is, I mean, even Microsoft couldn't get it perfectly with their big new development studio that they were touting, right? So this is disappointing. I don't know what is going to happen with Perfect Dark. I don't know if this is just going to be rebooted and like pushed to like 2025. I mean, how do you essentially bring in all these new leads and stay with, the project how it is like how do they just come in mid-project and just go from there I feel like because they're gonna have a different vision for what they want the game to be than what already exists from the people who left so I don't know it's disappointing luckily I don't know if Perfect Dark is a game that a ton of people are really like super excited about like it's kind of I, I, maybe I'm projecting my own beliefs onto this but for me it's, it's sort of like a, I can take it or leave it like if it's awesome that's great if it never comes out I'm not gonna cry about it <laughs> you know so i think a lot
0: of people even people who are really into it are probably thinking like oh this will be great when it comes back but also like i don't want it to suck so like take some time like i'm trying to think of like my rare love like if someone tried to make a new banjo game and it was in development hell for this many years and like i i would be kind of di- i'd be pretty disappointed and it would be something i'm clamoring for but also on the flip side i don't know i guess it would just be get it right. I'd rather it not suck. And maybe it's just too difficult to do whatever. So I, I don't know. Uh, take your time. It is what it is. We say that a lot, but I, I think you're right. There aren't enough people dying for Perfect Dark, even though there probably are some diehards who are pretty disappointed. Uh, you know, I think they have the luxury of people not being like, you know, it's like with Halo or something. It's like it's right. been like it's been like this many years. We haven't got a new Halo. What the what the fuck? Uh, people yeah. aren't really doing that with Perfect Dark because it's too late. <laughs> it's already been way too many years. So like people, I think, can wait a little longer. But yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. It's a mess. We'll be following that uh, as more info comes out. Let's move on, talk about Elden Ring, which has surpassed 12 million units worldwide. Wow, that's amazing. Already more than the Sega Saturn sold during its uh, lifetime. <laughs> Dark Souls 3 uh, was previously From Software's most successful title, having sold 10 million units in its lifetime. Wow, that's, that's impressive. They've already beaten that in like a month. Insane. Elden Ring is the biggest new IP also since The Division in 2016, according to European sales numbers. That's such a funny, that's such a funny concept to me, like being like, it's the best since The Division, like as if that, as if those even clock in the same level to me, like I guess like The Division was exciting at the time, and obviously like we're talking about based on sales numbers, but in terms of like the collective consciousness of gamers, I feel like Elden Ring has such a brand staying powder that The Division does not have, Um, but I guess... I guess I know what it is. I guess a lot of people have heard of it, so that's something.
1: I also think it's a bit of a stretch to call Elden Ring a new IP. I guess technically it is, but it is very clearly just the next step in the Souls series.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's kind of silly to say new IP when it clearly is the next step. But, I mean, it is. I mean, they've done things in a different way. The story's a little bit different. The vibe's different, for sure. But... Yeah, I mean it's Dark Souls. I think the main reason they didn't call it Dark Souls for, I mean, for a million reasons, but because it's not a Dark Souls game, it's a different type of game. Just like how Dark Souls and Demon Souls weren't exactly the same, and you know, so I think they're just trying to branch out a little bit and be like, hey, this is the open world from software, scary monster game. This is gonna be a different thing. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. It's it's kind of its own. It's not really a new IP. Like the it's like the, in the way that the Division is like a totally different thing.
1: Well, I think part of it is is marketing too, where it's like. We want to call. We don't want to call it Dark Souls because we do want this to be our best-selling game. We do want to have these people who have, would never play a Dark Souls game yeah. to see Elden Ring not necessarily associated with Dark Souls and then go buy it. So I think that's part of it too.
0: Yeah, and people will go like, "Oh, is this like?" Because people who even might know that it's like kind of like Dark Souls or it's the same company, they'll be like, "Oh, is this like? How is this like harder than Dark Souls? Or is this like how's this different?" and then right. they're like please tell me it's easier tell me it's easier. Uh so yeah there's there's that.
1: Paul I I read this thing this week about this game where 75% of players have beaten the the first major boss. That's kind of pushing me towards I'm every day I'm getting more and more likely to actually jump into this game. Those numbers that 75% being the first boss those are actually better than Returnal's numbers early on. So that gives me a little bit of hope for myself that I could maybe actually be somewhat competent in this game. So uh I don't know. I kind of, I'm, I'm on the verge, Paul. I'm on the verge.
0: I'll say and it's not because the boss is easy because the boss is actually pretty difficult from what I've heard but it's because of that flexibility you get from Elden Ring being an open world game that you can go run around and grind some low level mobs and get stronger and level up and you know whatever you want to call it um, and then come back to that boss and beat it when you're a little bit stronger so you can it's kind of you can set your own difficulty in the sense that if you want to grind some time in and get too strong you you can over level for that boss and like face roll it and I remember Josh saying he's done that and I think in some of them where he's like gone over leveled and then going through and like stomping the bosses, and that's kind of that's a fun way. It's a power fantasy. That might be a way you want to do it, or you can go in with like not enough power and try really hard to like defeat it. You know, under leveled. So I think you can kind of do it a lot of different ways. And that first boss, I think people are just exploring the world so much they kind of forget about it. Come back and they're like, oh wow, I, I nailed right. it. Um, but it's cool to have that option. I think that's that's what's so cool about this game. Uh, it can be uh, sort of as hard or as easy as you want it to be. But also, for it to be easy, you still have to put in the time to, like, grind and level up in a different way, which is cool. Right. Moving on to something God I'm excited for. Please be good. Into the Starfield made for Wanderers development video came out this week. In the video, they talk about going back to the roots of old hardcore RPGs, uh, like character stats and traits, persuasion checks, all of that kind of stuff. You know, true RPG mechanics. You've said it before, Matt. I'm going to say it again. Man, I am just so totally involved uh, i'm so totally uh, enraptured by what todd howard is saying i hate it i don't want to be because uh, like mike said he's like all these like hype videos are turning him off because he feels like it's just like you know them trying to sweet talk us but uh for me i, I can't help it they just sound so true about what they're saying and i feel like when <laughs> i did watch when i did watch like the fallout 4 and the other videos you know for those games where they did kind of walk back those things or skyrim they didn't say hey we're going to add persuasion checks and add deeper rpg mechanics they just said they said what they wanted to do that's so great about the game but i think the fact that they're specifically name dropping these rpg mechanics means they will put them in even if uh they they might not be they might not be as intense as they're talking about i do think the sweet talking does lead to something
1: yeah i'm falling for it these these todd howard bethesda circle jerk videos i love these We talk about this a lot, but the possibilities of space exploration, they're almost always just too good to be true. There's so much that your mind can just make up and go wild with what we really need. We just need to see the game. We need to see the game soon, see these things that they're talking about being put to practice and just see how big this world is, how, how, how much exploration there really can be. It's just one of those things. It's like space is so massive. Where do you stop? And if you stop too early, our player is going to be like, well, why isn't there more? It's one of those things like I don't know where you find the, ha- the happy medium.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I have no idea what this game's going to feel like or be like yet. I really don't. I'm so confused because I really feel like this is going to be the next generation of Bethesda and it's going to be a harbinger of what is to come for the next decade. And so I just don't know. I think they could get really different. So I'm interesting, but I'm interested, but I will say so far I'm falling hook, line, and stinker. Pu! Oh, whoa! Uh, <laughs> Todd's got me by the butt. All right, let's move on to talk about something I'm also super excited for. Supermassive Games has revealed the Quarry, their follow-up to Until Dawn. Whew, I'm excited. We've seen a lot of those dark picture anthology games from Supermassive, but I think they needed to get teamed up with a publisher, again, a big publisher, in this case 2K, uh, and really put together something a little bit more intense. This game is another, like, kind of teen hacker, not hacker, teen slasher kind of thing. The game will feature online multiplayer with up to seven other people, which is so cool, and adjustable difficulty for various gameplay elements, uh, since I think they were responding to feedback and some of those quick time events and things like that. I won't belabor it. I'm super, super excited. Mike's super excited. Uh, This is... Uh, this is going to be like a day one for me. I'm I'm really hyped.
1: Yeah, I liked Until Dawn. The one thing I'll say is we're we're reaching this uncanny valley territory to the point where the animations are going to have to be absolutely perfect on these characters that look super realistic, or it's just going to look off. But I will say, I mean, visually, the game looks great. It looks fantastic. Uh, the voice acting in the trailer was incredibly bad. Now, some people <sighs> the in the comments... Part some people in the comments were saying that it was more of a mixing issue not that the voice acting was actually terrible it's just that it was like straight like recording booth audio and not meant to sound like it was in the environment of the character i don't know sound mixing can do a lot so maybe that is the case but some of the lines were just like really really bad but again it's supposed to be campy horror so it's cheesy teen. they get a pass yeah
0: it's like the uh, Cabin in the Woods story, but without the frame narrative
1: of, yeah. uh, <laughs> of, of yeah. what it is. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to be a day one for me, but I really liked Until Dawn. I just think that the way that they do the branching story with the whole butterfly effect thing was really well done. And I'm sure it's only going to be better for the quarry. It's, I have a hard time imagining this game being worse than Until Dawn. I just feel like that's the sort You know, maybe the story is not as good for some people but i feel like in terms of gameplay you can only improve going from a game like until dawn to the sequel so we'll see but uh i'm not as excited as you guys just because i'm not as generally into that sort of thing but it does look really cool and visually it's pretty amazing
0: it's nice because the last couple like I play I've been playing those dark pictures anthology games and they just I want to love them and they're just not clicking for me man and madame was okay Uh, I really didn't like little hope at all really and I haven't played uh, the next one yet but honestly I'm just like not feeling it and I'm really excited to see them kind of go back to one of these like bigger budget ones uh, where they can kind of you know add I think there's more replayability until dawn has more replayability to to me um, with all there's way more characters and way more focus than just like you you know they're all the faces aren't the same like they are in the background of of some of these other there's just the budget is huge for these I mean I mean sorry it's not huge but I'm saying budget is such an important factor for these so uh, I hope that's good I'm a little worried about two K being involved I don't know if it's like the perfect publisher but we'll we'll have to see
1: Did Sony publish the other ones Yes Yes or uh, I guess just super just until the, just until dawn until dawn Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, All right, let's move on and talk about something also pretty exciting. Lord of the Rings Online, LOTRO, announced that they're making the game more free-to-play friendly with the April update. And oh man, I am excited for this. Uh, First off, the High Elf race, Runekeeper, Warden, and Bjorning classes, and all content released between 2007, the launch of this game, uh, through the Helm's Deep expansion will now be free to all players. Uh, I said I'm really excited about this. I don't actually know if I'll download it, but I will say that when... We tried to play it uh, a couple months ago. You and I, Matt. Uh, the thing that kept me from wanting to play was like I, w- I really wanted to play a Bjorning. And yeah, I was kind I of annoyed that like I had to pay money for it in lord of the rings online like i don't know i just felt like just let me play everything uh because i might have i was like if i can play this game and get into it enough i might give them some money like to get some currency or something but i wanted to at least be able to play the class i wanted to play without giving them money so i'm i'm pretty excited i might try downloading it again um also worth mentioning they are still planning to do a graphical overhaul and a console port which to me 15 years later is super duper bizarre Um, but hey, if you can make it work and maybe try to relaunch this, go for it.
1: This is the kind of game where a lot of people will say like they want a new Lord of the Rings MMO or like a Lotro 2 or something, but it's one of those things where if you gave this game a graphical overhaul, a UI overhaul, although that's a really massive task, Like it, that's not just something that you can easily do in an MMO with so many different armor pieces and weapons and you have to worry about clipping and and all this kind of stuff. It could make for a really interesting player in the MMO space if this happens. Right now, as far as tab target MMOs, which have their own audience, you have WoW, you have Final Fantasy XIV, and then way back in third place is Star Wars The Old Republic. Those are the only tab target games, really, that feel like modern MMOs. So if you can take Lotro and make it feel like a modern game as far as UI and and Visually, I think that could be really interesting as far as the MMO space. Do people choose to play that instead of Star Wars? Do some people who want who were WoW players but wanted another tab target game and went to Final Fantasy instead go to Lotro? I think that's a real possibility. So I'm I will be keeping my eye on this because if they do this, I'll I will play this game because really what's holding me back is the terrible terrible outdated UI. And the visuals, which just aren't that great. I know in the environments, the newer environments look really good, but the old stuff is really bad. It's super outdated. They're like, the hey, UI they updated the
0: graphics awful. a few years ago, right? They were like, oh, we, we updated the graphics. And I was like, okay. And some of them <laughs> right. look okay. The environments are beautiful. Even if they're a little jaggy, like they're not modern but they are expansive and pretty in a nice way like the stylization is nice but the character models and stuff are pretty rough and like some of the the movement just feels stiff Um, but yeah i agree with you the content they've put so much content into this game so much in this game and it's so faithful and so interesting and it just like really fleshes out this world that people love of middle earth and i think that like I just think that this is like a slam dunk. If they can just up, I I changed my tune a little bit because it is weird, but if they could like take all of the content they put into this game, the combat's like, a, it's fine. It's it's wow, it's tab targeting. It's it's clean and normal. And they just updated the graphics. Heavily. Like They fully changed, like not the engine, but like, you know what I mean? Like really put uh, some polish on this and yeah, updated the UI and just made it a little bit more friendly to new players. This could have some legs to it. This could maybe have a relaunch. Um, maybe on console or something, because I think there's a ton of people who would love to get into that Lord of the Rings world, but just feel like it's a little too dated. So there's a lot there. All right, let's move on. First off, EA Play. Sorry, I let you know, these are the quick stories of the day. EA Play 2022 has been canceled. I didn't even know they called their events EA Play, because that's like also their their subscription service They call it
1: EA Play Live, I think. Oh, okay. EA EA. Play Live. Okay.
0: Uh, A representative from EA told IGN that things just don't look like they line up for them this year to be able to show off a bunch of stuff on one single day. Yeah, That makes sense. That's fine.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I always like the EA show is never like I'm never setting my watch for that one. No, I'll watch it and maybe I'll enjoy some of it. But it's always like there's a lot of sports games and there's a lot of stuff that I just don't really care about. So, yeah, I don't need it. I'm not going to miss it too much.
0: Look at how the, the detailed the laces look on the foot in FIFA when you're kicking the soccer ball with yeah. this new uh this new powerful tool we've used. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Uh Ubisoft, and by that I mean Ubisoft has dropped the Tom <laughs> Clancy branding from X-Defiant. And by that I mean X Defiant. This makes sense in the, I think in the sense because X-Defiant is as few syllables as it is, is a mouthful. <laughs> partly just just call it x defiant if you're gonna call it something so stupid not tom clancy's x defiant
1: yeah this is the right move but i really think they should have just gone all out and just completely renamed the game because x defiant is a terrible nonsensical terrible. name but this way at least x defiant can be its own thing it can be as weird and crazy it wants to be what, what did they call it like punk rock meets action shooter i don't know what they call it who but, cares but this way they don't have to be constrained <laughs> under the tom clancy brand they're they they do not have to piss off fans they can just be whatever it wants to be i think the game actually looks okay it looks somewhat fun yeah but now they can kind of do whatever they want they don't have to feel like they have to stay within the 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 branding rules of tom Clancy or whatever because they clearly didn't want to do that
0: Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, they probably thought it was a smart move to maybe try to like very loosely adapt the Tom Clancy thing to get that name. And it seems like the name is the thing that people give the the least shit about in this and it confused a lot of people. So, yeah, kill it. Let's go uh, relaunch. Uh, Make it make it free to play or something. I don't know. I feel like people are just like not going to play this unless it is. Uh, moving on, Bandai Namco shared a new teaser for Digimon Survive. Yeah, that's, that thing is still uh, surviving, uh, presumably to assure us that the game is still alive. Uh, cool. There's some main characters. They really, I was like, how are we? They were like showing another character in their Digimon. And I was like, we're running out of time on this trailer. Like, are we going <laughs> to show any of the game or right. no? What's going to happen? And then they did show the game. I kept like going back. Um, I kept like like scrubbing back in the video. Yeah, to me try too. Because to, I went like 15 seconds ahead and then I was like, oh, gameplay. So I went back and I was like, I basically only had to, I only went back. Like there was only like an extra one second I missed of the gameplay when I went 15 <laughs> seconds ahead because there was literally like five seconds. Uh, and it was disjointed too. Like they showed the tile-based combat kind of stuff. But then like even some of the gameplay was like a different kind of the game, like a different part, like an overworld. And it was like, this is you should have just showed one of these things for like the five seconds, not one for two seconds right. and one for three seconds. Uh, it was, uh, we still don't have a release date. We still don't even have a window of release. Um, and we still don't even really understand. They're, they haven't really promised what the game is going to be or like what it's supposed to be at this point anymore. We don't even really know the scope. We just know that this, the story sort of uh, or like the frame at least, which is classic, you know, some Digidestin stuff god i wish they could just make a good digimon game that actually comes out
1: yeah the music in this teaser was awesome i loved that yeah but i just i'm getting less and less interested the more i see and the and also the further this keeps getting pushed out i don't know i I, you're right i want a really good digimon game i hope this is it i don't know if it's going to be it but maybe in the future they'll they'll get it right who knows
0: you know be fun it's like a legends arceus kind of Digimon game or something. I don't know. I'm just seeing what you run around open world and you have your Digimon with you. And you have to, like, go around the open world. And I don't know. That would be cool. But it doesn't have to be open world either. I, even, like, something that feels more like triangle strategy or something where you have, like, your group of people in, like, an RPG. And you're all in, like, all the Destin are interacting with each other. And then you do, like, turn-based Digimon fights or something. Like, almost like a more complicated Pokemon yeah. uh, game. I don't know, man. There's there's <laughs> there's a lot of things they could do with the Digimon IP. And I just, it's, it's such a bummer. But uh it's never going to be what i want it to be i think i just think that like there's like this japanese digimon fandom and this like western digimon fandom they're different dub fans and it's just very different and i think the japanese fandom kind of likes the digimon kinds of games they've gotten and aren't like dying for the game that we want but uh i don't know i don't know i wish we had both that'd be cool um also yeah the music was pretty good but i would have preferred lens kids in america Oh, yeah. Uh, just like, let's get a full Digimon the movie uh, video game. I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, and final quick story of the day. Let's make this one actually quick. Bioware has hired Michael Tucker, the YouTube creator behind Lessons from the Screenplay, to work on the next Mass Effect. That's pretty cool. Tucker had previously created a video about Mass Effect in 2021, talking about how it has the potential to be ad- adapted into a show that could possibly replace Game of Thrones. Uh, hopefully he means in the way we felt during the first few seasons of Game of Thrones and not the end of Game of Thrones, probably probably what he meant. Uh, this is exciting. Um, but also I feel like the thing that we're, we, the issues we've had with Mass Effect recently haven't been that the story sucks. I feel like it was that the gameplay was a buggy disaster. So this is just like a good pickup, but not like the thing that's going to make or break the next Mass Effect game
1: IMO if anything, this seems like more like a consulting thing. Like he's helping out. I don't know if he's making big decisions or actually doing any r- real writing, maybe some things here and there, but it seems more like, you know how sometimes a script will be written for a movie and then they hire someone to come in and do the rewrites. And that person yeah. isn't necessarily credited the same way that, but that their job is to clean things up. Yeah. That sort of sounds like, like the script what this supervisor is. or something. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I don't know. I, I just thought it was kind of a, a, a neat little thing, but, uh, I don't know if it's a big deal.
0: It's fun as, like, creators like ourselves to see, like, other creators um, be able to, or people who, like, do, you know, commentary on video games uh, get hired for things. It's it's cool every time you see something like that. People who make great mods for, you know, uh, Cyberpunk get hired by CD Projekt Red. or, or people Oh, yeah, who make yeah. Or people who, you know, Terran Gregory made all those WoW machinimas and then now he's making all the WoW cinematics or whatever. It's cool to see that stuff. Always a good time. Uh, Matt? That's about it for the show, but I have a couple of things I want to ask you before we get out of here. First off, we had Game Groups this week. In fact, it launched at Sunday right now, and it's out, which is awesome. Uh, and for you listening on the podcast, it happened yesterday. Matt, what did we talk about on Game Groups this week? It was a little more structured um, because you were the host once again.
1: Yeah, we talked about modern game reviews, how we might fix them or change them. We talked about our favorite video game, Weapons, which I thought was a really fun little discussion. We played a new game called Like a Fine Wine where the, the guys have to guess if a game, an older game, has received a sort of reboot or remake. Uh, and then, we, you know, we just do a ton on that show. There's so much happening on that show. It's a good time every single week, especially when I'm hosting. <laughs> <It's> definitely <laughs> oh, a different way, kind of good time. I did finish listening to the episode. I don't remember if I told you uh, the one that you hosted. Really entertaining. Totally all over the place, but but really entertaining. Uh, So yeah, but Game Groups is a really fun show. It's a different kind of video game show where it's really just a celebration of games and we play our own little mini games based around video games. It's a good time. Go check it out.
0: It's a great, it's a great show. It's a great time, and once a year, uh, I come in and 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 shit all over it. So uh, that's an op- that's an option. Yeah, Mike says in the chat, Josh and I were sober this time. Yeah, me as well. I was also sober this time. So <laughs> it made a big difference uh, from last <laughs> the week before. Uh, it was it was it was a good show. Uh, also, if you enjoy shows like this, you enjoy Game Grooves, uh, or you just enjoy everything we do here, including Southern Fried Grooves. Then. Head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash goodnightgrooves, where we have three different support tiers. The $3 plus tier will get you early access to Game Grooves. you can listen to it on Friday as opposed to on Sunday, uh, and also there's other great options, and $5 plus tier, we do shout you out on the show. Uh, shout out today to Jeremy R. Uh, we don't always shout out Patreon patrons on replay, but I did today uh, because, uh, man, know okay. himself yeah hawkeye the incredible the incredible jeremy because it's like hulk yeah hulk, oh, yeah hulk guy more like uh <laughs> also if you're enjoying this podcast please consider dropping us a five-star review on apple podcasts or spotify anything helps any and all support is greatly appreciated and we'll go a long way in improving all of what we do here at goodnight grooves and also i have to say thank you so much to mike for putting together the show on Twitch. You do a great thing. Also putting together all the clips, uh, like True or Poo and everything else on YouTube. We we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for hanging out with us on this Sunday. Also, I agree with you, Mike. I I, I don't know how long it'll be till Jeremy on subs from the Hawkeye jokes. Um, if I were him, I would be incredibly flattered um, because he is America's ass. Mm. That sounds like I'm calling him an ass. That's going to be it for today's replay. We love you, Jeremy. Uh, Mike, Matt, do you have anything else to say before we head out here today?
1: <laughs> I'm going to go get ready for Hogwarts Legacy and uh, put on my robe and wizard hat.
0: <laughs> I put on my robe and wizard hat. Uh, okay, that is going to be it for today's replay. But we'll be back again next week with another exciting episode. So be there or be ho- octagonal. Good night, Grooves.